Hello, it's the No Holds Barred Witchcraft Podcast with me, Liam, and the wonderful, or not so wonderful, depending on which way you look at it, Chris. Rude. Chris, are you there? I'm here. Why are you so rude? It's not rude. Well, it started as a... Well, you think the whole world loves you? It started as... You think there's not a single person in the world that don't love you? No, they're all dead. (laughs) That I can believe. Right, so this is a last minute podcast because we've left it right to the last minute and I was a trucking through having a look at the podcast topics and the like and we wrote one on there so long ago that's called A Witch's Book of Curves Wandering Psychiatric Patients and it was after a conversation that I had and you might have been there, it was on the virtual moot um, with Mr Railroad and for uh, those yeah, that yeah. don't know, Mr. Railroad is the husband of Lady Poison. Mm. So Mr. Railroad and others, including myself, were talking about something. And it inspired me to write down a witch's book of curbs slash wandering psychiatric patients as a podcast title with a little description. What happens when a neo-pagan reaches the end of a corridor? Brackets, I mean book. So I'm not entirely sure what that means, (laughs) but from what I remember of the conversation, he was talking about psychiatric wards and facilities that are purposefully designed to confuse patients so they can't escape. So they're just like a circular corridor. Yeah, that never ends. That never ends. Yeah, it never ends. So I was wondering whether you could say that about some of this uh, knowledge and that this pie out there. So it does say I mean book at the end of it, which leads me to think maybe what we were talking about was the knowledge that's out there and the people that you see go round and round and round in circles. Because I don't know if you'd agree with this or whether you've noticed this, but what I see, particularly within neo-paganism, is people adopt some certain practices and worshipping some gods and goddesses and the like, you know, whatever it is the neo-pagans do. And then they get so far with that and then they seem to get bored and just switch to another pantheon or different (laughs) group. So they might start with something like Wicca and then all of a sudden they're a bit bored with it. So then they think, oh, Norse is in. Let's move over to the Norse. Oh, Let's not do that. We'll have to go back to some... Oh, the Egyptian. That's all coming back. That's what everyone's doing. Let's go to the Egyptian thing. And what they tend to do is they tend to kind of go on this... I don't know. I wouldn't call it a Ferris wheel. But it is a case of... They learn the beginnings of something. And then when they get to the end of the beginnings... And when I say beginnings, I don't mean our idea of... No, you mean the end of the book. Beginner, intermediate, and advanced. I mean like... I mean, the Crash Course Primer book. They finished that, and then they can't seem to go any further with it, so they just go round to the next thing. But they're only learning a beginner thing in something else that's almost the same, just dressed up a little different. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think about this? Have you noticed anything like this going on in the neo-pagan community? (laughs) Well, I was thinking it more is based on what the latest statues, the newest statues at Nemesis now are, and um, what they're photographed on Instagram. Um, so what the latest Pantheon is, is whichever one they're talking about most on social media. But they maybe I'm being rude. Um, which would be so unlike me and more like you. Right. Okay. <laughs> what was that? I don't know. I don't know. You just cut off. So I don't know what you said. You didn't hear any of that. Then I don't know why I don't know why you didn't hear any of that. I heard something that's a bit more like and then you I didn't hear what you said. You said a bit more like you. I'm I made oh, I rude... presumed it would be something like that. Let's I made be fair. I made some uh, rude comments. Okay. Uh, okay, my I give I'll give you my real answer. Everyone else heard the heard the the, the mean one. Um so yeah, I think it comes down to, it comes down to the fact of what's what's fashionable in books, doesn't it? So you'll have a bunch of you know Llewellyn or whatever or a release what is popular at the time. So you'll get a load of um, 
a load of green witchery books and then the next minute you'll get that won't be the flavour anymore so they'll get a load of traditional witchcraft books come out and then they'll go back and then they'll um the latest pantheon will come out you know something new about the greek pantheon is popular again and then then the egyptians and so on and so forth it's not necessarily pantheon to pantheon but it's more a case of the practice so it might be what the latest latest fad is that the reenactment um circles are doing um so they might jump through time from oh okay well we're doing anglo-saxon at the moment or we're going back to the medieval again for a little while and so on and so forth like as a new bit of information comes out still like you say from a beginner's point of view a new bit of information but you know there'll have been a new dig on such and such that's uh, got this new fancy copper pot like you know and then then it'll be like oh okay uh, we'll all jump on that that one for a bit or not magic and and some and a bit of weaving or something yeah that'll get them triggered back into the cycle um obviously i suppose we need to include a bit so of a disclaimer they see what's going on was popular yeah i think there needs to be a little right. bit of a disclaimer there on the fact that these mostly aren't witches so you know these are religious folk although they wouldn't enjoy that that phrase but obviously these are no they're magpies chris <laughs> they're 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 the fashionistas the magpies that the insta witches is what yeah. they are because it fashion's all about seasons and what's cool and what's not isn't it and that's what i think uh internet witchcraft is what's cool what's not everyone else is doing it so i've got to do it what's to pretty keep up with the joneses or really is to keep up with the ravens yeah the raven grimsby's <laughs> but you but you do see this with actual witches as well i think with actual beginner witches i'm talking about the ones they they've been dedicated to a path for say three to ten years and then all of a sudden they swap from that path and move on to something completely different that's a new beginner thing and I think that it goes a little bit deeper because what I think what I think the case is I mean they do talk about this crooked path and all that about weaving from one thing to the next to the next but I think what it is is they reach a limit to what that path can can teach them how far they can get with that path and then they look at something else and they think oh I think that might hold the secrets I don't really understand it it looks mysterious but maybe there's some answers there and I'm thinking that there's a fine line there that needs to be drawn in the sand between people that do that in order to go and find answers and the people that on that path that they were on for three to ten years didn't get any answers from that and so move on so is the people that the yeah. quest for looking for real magic i think because the people that find it obviously you know they say no man is an island and all that and there's lots you can learn from other people's practices and therefore lots you can learn from other cultures and things but there's a big difference between the person that goes and does a course on one thing and then moves on to the course of another thing because they learned nothing from the first one and I am seeing a lot of that that's why I think we get so many people that come the mundanes and the beginner witches at the psychic fairs and the like they come for consultations and they say well I can't do this spell casting and I can't do this astral projection and I can't do this breaking a curse isn't that and I don't know what this is, and I've never worked with that. And you kind of think, okay, well, what have you yeah. been doing? And as it turns out, they haven't really been doing a lot. So the critical thinking and the 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 want and the need to push and develop further, but more than anything, I think the inspiration to push their path further is not there. Because they've not really been walking along a magical yeah. path in general. They, what they've been doing yeah. is copy and paste. And I think that's the problem, ritual. is rather than engaging with other witches and finding out what they've read um, and that kind of thing and, and kind of figuring stuff out, what they've done is, oh, that didn't work for me first time, so I'm going to move on to the next book that doesn't work first time. 
or or whatever or they like you said get to the end of a book and think they should know everything by the end of the book and what they don't realize is they don't know anything because the books are so shit whereas actually they they're thinking that doesn't work they're thinking that the that particular practice yeah. doesn't work for them whereas actually what it is is it's a shit book um that's been watered down and watered down to the point that they can't enjoy uh, and learn anything and then they think that they can't do that thing um do you remember that ridiculous book because it happens in other self-help uh, in the self-help section too with the kind of uh, who are you a psychic kind of books that kind of you know have got these silly tests in them um that you know as opposed to convince them to actually do some of the, yeah. the practicing um and trial in with the uh you know, let's play with an orb uh, and let's do, uh, you know, some or, or, um, some auto automatic writing or something like that. But they don't actually understand the process because the book doesn't actually tell them how it works. It just says, do this, then do that, then do that. And you'll and you'll have, if you're a psychic, you'll get this bit and you just kind of like, OK, well, that's not taught them any technique. <laughs> it's not taught them what they're doing or told them how it works and then they're wondering why they don't think this is the right path for them um and then they go on move on to the next thing and the next thing and then that then they discover on instagram the term eclectic witch and then they're kind of like oh no this is how lots of people do it they just move from one thing to another well, what's the other one uh, chaos magicians that's the other one that they like to use they like to use the phrase chaos magician and you're like no <laughs> chaos doesn't mean you're chaotic <laughs> that's not how it works um the idea of chaos magic is about you taking an approach running with it for as far as it possibly can go and then going okay i've tried that that's led me to think about this then running off in that direction because it's branched off from the first one not because you've just seen a new book in Waterstones and gone, oh, I'll try sigils this week um, when I was doing, you know, herbology last week. And you just kind of like, you know, it just, yeah, it's these terms that they've turned into hashtags. So people think they understand what the word actually means. Um, and then they just run with it. And like I said, uh, you know, like headless chickens running around in circles until um, someone makes them dinner. Like, I just I don't, I don't get how it happens. But again, I do you wonder, I suppose you'll answer this one particular way. But what I'm going to ask is, do you think that is by design, like the mental hospital where they're expected to run around like chickens? And actually, unless you've got something about you, you can't read the next level or the book's just shit, like I said. <laughs> there are a lot of shit books out there but there is a okay. book that is on the forefront are you writing in the it? future it's coming soon within the okay. next couple of are years are you writing it that is going to change everything chris it's going to change everything i'm going to make okay. an announcement but i'm going to make an announcement on the patreon okay because I think our patrons deserve to know this. I mean, they talk about in Star <laughs> Wars, there's a, com a some sort of convergence yeah. in the Force. Something's a brewing, something of that happening, don't they? In the Star Wars universe and that. When Anakin Skywalker was born and that. And there's something happened, a ripple effect. Okay. Well, that happened today, Chris. Not in... And I want to tell you all about it. Um, okay. But I'm not going to tell the okay. people that are listening. I'll tell the Patreons, but they've got to keep it quiet. Okay. Yeah. So we'll move on because we're talking about, to a certain extent, insanity as well. And uh, there's a couple of things I want to talk about in regards to insanity within occult circles and within, you know, with magical practitioners. So the thing I'd open with, because we're talking about the circular corridors that we was discussing with Mr. Railroad. Are we going for the traditional definition, which is 
in the definition of an insanity is to repeat something over and over again and expecting a new change. Doing the same thing over and over again. Go on. Yeah. So, so these would be witches, you know, the ones that celebrate the Sabbaths and they do the same thing that they did the year before. Yeah. And the year before that. And the year before that, and the year before that, they do the same thing all the time. And, you know, you could say something about structure in your life and that. We all celebrate Christmas every year and all that sort of... Well, I fucking <laughs> don't, but some people do. A lot of people celebrate Christmas and that. But in terms of doing... Yeah, but not the same yeah, way. not necessarily in the same way. But this, the same people that all they ever do is the same rituals over and over and over and over and over again. Never developing any new ones, never really changing anything. And when they do change things, they change the appearance. So instead of uh, calling in a certain pantheon, they'll just swap it for a different one. But it's kind of almost pretty much the same, in it? Especially yeah. to the Neoplatonists, because they think they're just calling on the same thing as wearing a different mask. So, you know. Yeah. So, is that insanity? Are those people insane? Well, I think there's room for you to uh, possibly say such things. Well, if the definition is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Okay, to play devil's advocate, some of these people would say that that is a tradition or that is... um, that is their way of honouring that time. So they'll say marking or a celebration of those points in the year. Obviously, it's a pointless system on the basis that um, they don't even marry up to the actual seasons these days. But, you know, <laughs> um, because we still use... No, Chris, you're being elitist. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, or... Especially when it comes to the Celt. Oh, okay, I'll go off on a little rant. Um, the um, you know where they go off about the Celtic calendar, and then obviously you know base it on a solar system when actually it would have been done by the lunar system. Those sorts of things, um, that obviously start to trigger people because, or actually, we still use certain dates, um, like the you know first of Feb and all that kind of stuff when actually you should base it on the position of a star or um in where you know when it gets to a certain point or the first signs of spring as opposed to a random date in in february or march um it should be based on okay well the first time you saw that thing happen we then celebrate three days after like you know and the three days after is because you need the three days to make that celebration happen it might be baking the bread for it or or you know finding the vegetables in order to actually carve up or you know the actual part of there is a reason you have kind of you know the ides of march or whatever where you've got three days of something is normally because it takes that long to prepare to tell everybody oh shit have you noticed um mars has finally appeared in leo so therefore we must all go and you know, those sorts of things um, are, are the bits that baffle me, is why even in a modern world where I know it's sometimes harder to see the, you know, if you're in a space in the world where the seasons don't change because you're in a big concrete uh, city, then obviously, surely, at the very least, those should be times where you go out and experience nature. Um Whereas they often aren't. They're just kind of like, oh, well, we've we've bought these fake leaves from Amazon um, and we've gone and got this this ivy from eBay. Um, and they're not even they're not even real. Like there's there's not actual greenery. Anyway, sorry, I'm ranting again and you're not interrupting me, which says you're enjoying the fact I'm going on a rant. It amuses me, but I think I can top that, right? I was invited to a neo-pagan ritual, emphasis on the neo-pagan ritual, not pagan ritual, because we all know neo-pagan's an insult as far as the No Holds Barred (laughs) Witchcraft podcast is concerned. If we call you a (laughs) neo-pagan, it's probably worse than calling you a (laughs) (laughs) Oh, crap, your face then. What? 
You know what? I love that word, but not on here. Okay, what? carry on. Carry on, tell your story. Okay, so I was invited accidentally to this neo-pagan, I'll just call it a thing, right? It was like a harvest festival, neo-pagan harvest festival, where they're offering the first of the harvest to a specific goddess, because it's always a goddess, isn't it? Yeah. Was it a goddess of the harvest? It wasn't necessarily a goddess of the harvest. No, it just happened to be the favourite goddess at the time, Chris. <laughs> what I got a little confused of, that it was a harvest festival. It was in the middle of a city, the city of Bath. Yes. yes. And what was all of the offerings at the harvest festival were strawberries and raspberries in cellophane packets that had just been picked up on the way from Tesco's. <laughs> <laughs> Does there is there something about that that strikes you <laughs> as a little odd? One, I don't know how that is a harvest if you did not harvest anything. Um it would have been better if they'd have all just come in and they'd all brought scoops of scoops of grass that they'd actually picked at the side of the road. Like, that would have made more sense. Um, but obviously... It's obviously, that doesn't... Um, the, you know, that doesn't fit. Whereas, no, they would rather... I bet they weren't even British strawberries and raspberries. I don't know. I didn't see the top of the packet because they ripped it off. But they were still... <laughs> They had the table and they didn't even put them into bowls or anything. They literally just put them there on the table. And then you had to give a portion to the goddess. And then you were allowed to have some after the goddess, basically. Okay. Okay. Um, And I was, I just felt, I was, I was, I wasn't laughing. I wasn't lolling. I wasn't laughing out loud. I was, I don't know if anyone else gets this, but a horrified laugh that just nothing, no words escape, no no sound escapes. It's just like you freeze in a kind of smiley position, but you're so gobsmacked, but you're gobsmacked in the form of a smile. Does that ever happen to you? Have you ever had that happen? Yeah, yeah. It's kind it's, of like, uh... I want, I have an urge to laugh, but I can't bring myself to do it because I'm just in shock. Yeah. Where you just have this kind of joker-like joker grin on your face of kind of like, uncomfortable but at the same time in disbelief and just wanting to piss yourself um i was in disbelief i do think that perhaps some of the older members of the i wouldn't really say congregation in the form of christian but let's be fair it's congregation because they meet often really and and there's one high priestess or high priestess normally in control of the whole thing um but the congregation i think one of them did piss themselves but to be fair, they were quite old. <laughs> so I don't I just... think it was for the same reasons that I was shocked. Yeah. But they all and seemed I... to be having a wonderful time. <laughs> there wasn't a lot of energy going on there. But yeah. they had a nice time. And they, you can tell they do this over and over again. You know, when they yeah. go down to their circles in a certain place. I'm not going to say where it is. Um... And then they take the stuff they get from Aldi <laughs> on the way. <laughs> the thing, is, the that, thing... is that harvest magic work no. there, or is that what we call a picnic? That's. I'm not even sure that's a picnic. I don't think there's enough things there to be a picnic. <laughs> um, that is a half-hour snack in a pub where you could have just gone and harvested scratchings from the bar you may as well have done the same um and just gone and got scratchings and peanuts um and gone (laughs) here's my harvest festival um did that particular goddess even like berries i have no idea i'm (laughs) too ashamed to say which goddess it is because i know there's someone that cares a lot about that goddess and i think they'll probably have a week's worth of upset listening to this and thinking getting very irate so i'm not gonna (laughs) say who it was it doesn't really matter okay but okay so let's expand a little bit on this and then we'll talk about other forms of insanity 
Because um, okay. I'm thinking, okay, that's a harvest festival in the form of, okay, what we want to do is we want to appreciate a specific deity. We want to keep them on our side. So we're kind of paying them off with offerings. We'll do it once a year, a big time when the harvest comes, because that's when we've got the most abundance. And offering it first is a sign of respect. So that's kind of, I think, the core concept of what they were trying to do. Yeah, but it's also supposed to be a sacrifice. Yes, By giving the first part of something that is bountiful. Yes. So in the modern age for them... I wonder whether giving them the first, like we could talk about things that might actually work out a little better. So I'm thinking maybe if you're a smoker, yeah, refusing to have a cigarette or a packet of cigarettes and giving that packet of cigarettes as an offering, that's I think a fairly good offering because there's a certain amount of pain there and it's yes. also yes. potentially helpful in terms of your health is probably good for you. Um, Because deities tend not to get lung cancer, I've noticed, but humans often do. Um, The harvest in concern, how most people are concerned, particularly the self-employed, is that nice little window around the tax return time when you know how much money you've made and you've got to quickly spend a lot of money in order so the tax man doesn't steal it. For me... That would make sense as a modern day harvest because you're working all year for a paycheck. And that's essentially your thing that you're kind of reaping and you're giving a proportion of that. Kind of like how Christians in churches give a tithe. You could give money to a deity. If you do that, I'd suggest writing a check because a lot of the time the deities don't cash the checks. Whereas if you just (laughs) do it with the paper money and the coins, they often take that. Um, So there's a little trick for you. But essentially, yeah, it's sacrifice, isn't it? But as a community, you're talking about things like that evolving, harvest festivals, things like that evolving from a community coming together in celebration, adding a deity onto that, and then also it's farming and agriculture. So you're talking about the community as a whole. If it's certainly in the countryside, not everyone might be a farmer, but some people might bake breads and stuff like that and bring that it is something that you're actually your resources you are using in order to do that now i know that you are using your resources to buy the one pound whatever (laughs) raspberries in the plastic i do wonder what they did with the plastic afterwards because i noticed that there was a big black bag so i don't know if they put (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they made an offering to the landfill spirits. <laughs> but they get a lot of offerings. So you don't need to give the landfill spirit. Spirit of the landfill. You don't need to give them anything else. Um, it would be better go, to give them a day off. we one more minute left. <laughs> I don't know where this half an hour has gone. We've got one more minute left. Me ranting um, mostly, I think. Possibly. So um, what I'll do is I'll introduce the next topic. And then we'll have to say goodbye to the the regular listeners. So the next thing I want to talk about, because we were talking about insanity and doing the same thing over and over again. Well, there's other types of insanity that I think I see in occultism, particularly with regards to certain people that tend to like to call themselves left-hand path practitioners, practitioners (laughs) of the left-hand path. And that is the insanity of they clearly are being fed upon and going insane very slowly and i think both you and me are pretty crazy but we're crazy because of the things that we do yeah in terms of the experiments and because of the conversations we have if you overhear us in a bar or in a restaurant or in a cafe as often people do the heads turn and they think, did those two people really have a conversation about digging people up in the graveyard and using them for some sort of necromantic rite? I don't know what necromancy is, but I don't like the sound of it. Isn't it that thing where you have sex with dead people? No, that's necrophilia. Right, well, those two, I think, are either into necromancy or necrophilia or necro-something. That's kind of what we would be considered insane for. But then there's the insanity of the people that seem to be enslaved to things that end up feeding off of them. And I really want to talk about that next because I think that's really important. But we'll have to say goodbye to our regular listeners and continue to talk about this on the Patreon now.
So hello patrons, patrons. So I don't know if this is, I don't know if there are actually any quote unquote left hand path people, certainly not on social media that seem to be somewhat sane. Please let us know if you find anyone. Most of them we seem would love to be to somewhat meet insane. Yeah. And um, I'm wondering if this is down to that kind of false idea of left-hand path versus right-hand path. And the fact that they're obviously, they feel like I've got to be working. Because this is the thing that I seem to notice. Uh, they think I've got to be working with all of the things that have a bad reputation. And I think, okay, there's a certain amount of there's no smoke without fire with a lot of this <laughs> stuff. And yes, there are bastardizations of deities and spirits and people misunderstand them and the like. But at the same time, sometimes there's no smoke without fire. Um, you are often working with and seeing people work with extremely predatory things that don't come after you and attack you. What they kind of do is bleed you dry. So I've spoken to clients, not uh, people that we've mentored, but people in um, domestic abuse situations, particularly when it comes to financial abuse and that, where they've got someone that's in their life that they seem to have developed feelings for, but that seems to drain them all of all their energy and resources and that, kind of like the psychic vampires. There are often a lot of spirits that I find that tend to do this. And the spirits, here we go, because this is a Patreon thing. The spirits that I find tend to do this a lot, tend to be energies that are left over from previous editions of the universe, is what they'd often be referred to as. Things yeah. that don't quite run properly on this operating system. But they can still, when you open the text document up, something opens up and it's a load of gunky random stuff. I seem to find a lot of left-hand path practitioners seem to be addicted to working with these things. And it does boggle my mind. I can understand to a certain extent, but they always end up going down a path and they end up becoming more powerful and knowledgeable. But it always comes at a price and generally the price is insanity. Um, and I'm not saying that if you go on the right-hand path that that's right, because I, as I think you agree, don't you? Both the left-hand path and the right-hand path are false. Bollocks. They're bastardizations of traditional philosophies, to yeah. put it simply. They so that's them. why generally what we'd call the, the middle path yeah. <laughs> is they push... the natural one. <laughs> <laughs> they push the idea of dichotomies and they push the ideas that of polarities, um, you know, which there is some truth to them, but they're not the be all and end all. And this is often because, unfortunately, and particularly in the West, we still look at the world from a kind of post-Christian way of looking at the world or, or post-Abrahamic yeah. religion and are used to having these kind of, oh, well, it's either black or it's white. It's either, you know, it's male or it's female. Uh, and those kind of, uh, you know, so that everything therefore needs to be either one thing or the other. It's on, it's off, you know, binary. The, um, whereas actually there is always another option. Yeah. So the mistake I think a lot of people make with this right-hand path, left-hand path thing is they see the the left-hand path is, it's all about me, I want to progress, it's all about my progressing and myself becoming more and more powerful. That's what they tend to go for, so they want to go for all of the things that make them powerful. They end up generally wearing a lot of black, um, creating little creepy studios in the garage, garage if you're American, or down at the local lock and store place that they hire out. And uh, often put on colour changing contact lenses. That's the left hand path people. The right hand path people tend to be a little bit more new agey in approach. They seem to be all about, oh, I'm here to help. I want to help other people. I want to make the world and everything in it a better place. Let's raise the vibration of this place and all that kind of shit. So... 
I think that these kind of evolve more from the traditional philosophies of approach. So the Luminati versus Luminari. And I think that that has kind of been bastardised to a certain extent. And I tend to think of the middle path, really, which I think would be more the path we'd consider ourselves to be on, as the, okay, the aeroplane's going down. Remember, kids, you put the mask on yourself and then you put the mask on the child next to you. You know when you've yeah. ever gone on flight, flying abroad and the like on an airplane, they always play the little video, they say, put the mask on yourself. Then you can help other people put your masks on. I thought about this in terms of development. Because you need to develop yourself a little bit. And then you can help other people and things if you want to. But ultimately, you're not really any under <laughs> any major obligation. And at the end of the day, you have to remember the airplane is going to crash. So the oxygen mask is just to keep you calm whilst you're about to erupt in a ball of flames. It's not really <laughs> going to save you. So, you know, the futility... <laughs> of it all <laughs> anything Any, you want to say in regards to that <laughs> i was gonna say effectively it's to make sure there's extra oxygen around for you to make sure you blow up all together and there's nothing left of you because uh compo claims after someone has survived something like that is often expensive for the insurance company and the airline anyway sorry um to add add to that yeah, it's a case. It's a case of you know, middle path is that it's the be it's balancing both. Um, you know, there's no, that all that kind of no light without dark kind of bollocks that kind of says you know you balance the equation as best you possibly can. Um, but yes, serve yourself and you can better serve other people, like Liam was saying. Ultimately, it is all about acquisition of power and knowledge. So it is yeah. about evolving. However, the two approaches is the two ways in which you can do that. So like Led Zeppelin does say, yes, there are two paths you can walk down, but in the long road, there's still time to change the road you're on or some such stuff like that. I think I misquoted that, but it's the general general approach of the lyrics. Um, so you have two choices. You can either keep people dumber than you or you can try and help other people in the hopes that they'll be able to break barriers that you're unable to break on your own. And when they break them, they can teach you. So what you do is you either take, I think they did quite well, George Lucas did quite well with this in Star Wars, is the kind of Sith approach of okay, I want to rule everything, so I need to become the most powerful thing at the top of the triangle, the top of the triangle, and there's always someone trying to claw at my ankles to try and force me off so they can take my place, so I've got to keep them useful but dumb. Yeah. Or there's the other approach, which is the upside-down triangle, essentially, whereby the more people that you help and the more people within that kind of philosophy, the more minds that you have in order to break through obstacles and barriers. So you might be really great as a magician and a cultist, and you might crash through all of the barriers, but eventually you'll probably hit something, or you'll want to do something, or you'll be fucking lonely as fuck. Also, that's also another thing that people don't talk about, being lonely as fuck. As a super witch, Chris. Difficult. Yeah. Difficult. Um, but if there are other people around you that you can kind of help, then hopefully they'll become at your level or above. So you can either have a friends at your level or if they get above your level, they can guide you on how to get there as well. Now, obviously, that's the complete opposite to what the traditional left hand would be. It would be more a case of that Luminati kind of approach would be okay, I want total control, I need to smash for everything. But remember, there's only room for one at the top, and it ain't going to be you. <laughs> there's always a bigger fish. <laughs> yep. Nom, nom, nom. Yeah. So, there's something, there's a couple of things that have happened today, Chris. 
And um, one of them's good news. Okay. And one of them's bad news. Okay. I want to know which one you want first. We'll always go with the bad news first. We'll go with the bad news first. Right. Now, one of our friends and one of the Patreons has decided to write a blog. Okay. Um, okay. About when they were a Christian and then when they started to explore, they left Christianity and started to explore witchcraft. That's not okay. bad news. I think it's a brilliant idea because it's really nice to kind of chart your progress and how your thoughts change and to keep track of everything is really nice. And it's really nice that the person is sharing it as well. The bad news is that it's called Christianity to Witchcraft. And I made a comment there. And I believe it's a public page. And my stepmother, who's a fundamentalist <laughs> Christian... Hmm. happened to clearly it came up on their news feed and now I've heard nothing they even wrote a comment back I can get it up I'll see if I can find it um, <laughs> this is why we're leaving it on the Patreon because now they've gone down a rabbit hole and is wor <laughs> worried for my immortal soul um, but yeah basically they left a, a comment there and it said uh, Sorry, Liam, you're very wrong there. You can't be in charge of God. That's why he's God. Read your Bible to see who has the ultimate power. Revelations 20, verses 1 to 6. Sure ain't the <laughs> devil. So, um, I want well, you to, to tell me... I, I put something else back, right? Well, the first, thing, the first thing that comes to mind is that's that dichotomy we were just talking about. Yes. Of it's this an all either feeds or. Into one. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> Power has to be I held wrote... either by the god or the devil. There is no, there's no yeah. in between. Sorry. I, I, wrote, I wrote back, at what point did I say anything about being in charge of God? Question mark, question mark. To which the person's <laughs> written back. You can't conjure up God, Liam. If you're really looking for truth, you'll find it. And I'm thinking, what I should probably put back is, we call prayer conjuration because we're calling something. <laughs> I'm wondering how that will go down well. I think you should. I think you should. The only conjuration that is... Uh... <laughs> no, or not. Stick with what you said. So, okay, so that, so how is this bad news? I always find it hilarious when your family get involved in shit. Because family dinners are generally awkward, and you can uh, imagine the lectures I'm going to get now. You didn't. You didn't say uh, this was bad news for you. You said this was bad news, well, what which else made matters? me feel like <laughs> it would be bad news for. For for the listeners, it would be bad news for me, bad news for Thoth. Like, I thought you meant actual bad news. Not that your life is going to have some additional heart problems for a little while. You're used to it. You keep staying, you stay in touch with them. That's your own fault. Do what I do and cut them all off. Do you know what? I probably will at some point. Because <laughs> if this gets too bad, I know it'll get too bad. I'll tell you one. I accidentally mentioned that I watched a... um. A documentary by uh, David Attenborough. Yeah. I fucking know. Did I never hear the end of that? David Attenborough doesn't know what he's talking about. He's one of those people that think about that. No, they go on about global warming. It's not a thing. It's not a fucking thing. He don't say about it in the Bible. It's not a thing. And I'm like, wait. I just <laughs> said that I wrote. I watched a documentary you... by David Attenborough, and it was all about animals and shit. I <laughs> got literally that went on for well over an hour. That went Did on you for say, well over an hour. Has she also burnt all her poly clothing? Well, you know, it's Leviticus, isn't it, that says you can't mix fibres? Leviticus, Leviticus says Leviticus says you can't mix fibres. I think it also suggests something about that that she should stay quiet and. Um, and do exactly what her husband tells her to. 
but then she probably just do that. I can't believe you're actually writing this live while we're talking. On some a call it prayer, some call it conjuration. It's talking at the end of the day, and in my opinion, and from my experience, it works. <laughs> um, and then I got to write something about the devil because she said sure ain't the devil. I'll put. <laughs> Interestingly, the devil didn't exist until Christians existed. I'll put, and yeah, the devil ain't all that. <laughs> Pretty uh, anyway. low level Venusian spirit. They won't get that. <laughs> they won't get that, yeah, but we'll, we'll, a lot of our patrons will understand. Yeah, Venusian The only problem is I've that. got to be able to spell Venusian properly, and I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to Google how you spell Venusian. <laughs> okay, so get to the bit that's actually good news. Come on, I want to hear good news. Well, it's going to be something that I think you 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 cannot say is not good news, right? Okay. It's, it's, it really it it's one of those things. I'm wondering whether you know you can say about um. Wait a minute. And yeah, the devil ain't all that pretty low level Venusian spirit from what I can tell. <laughs> right, so there's official new new news. I'm talking about this on the Patreon because I don't want to make an announcement because I've used my mind control. The Lady Poison says I'm quite good at apparently. I yeah. don't quite understand where she got that from. No well, I was at the I was at the I was at a certain place today with actually the person that wrote the blog we were just talking about. Yeah. And Lady Poison was there also. Yeah. And we were talking about some some books and things like that and how crap they are and obviously we were talking a little bit about herbals that we're interested in. Lady Poison and I are gonna write a book. <laughs> on herbal magic and witchcraft and the like <laughs> she's agreed to it so she can't back out now because I have witnesses well I've got one witness I've got one corporeal witness she officially oh, said yes I will write a book with you Liam okay. I Lady Poison will write a book with you Liam She's going to go away and she's going to write down a list of all the herbs and stuff and that she likes working with. And I'm going to do the same. And then next week we're going to get together and we're going to put a list, short list together of all the things that are going to go in the book. Okay. Now, the book hasn't been written yet, but yeah. I can tell you right now, it will be the best book on herbal witchcraft and magic in the history of the fucking world. <laughs> Officially, in my opinion. Okay. <laughs> and when it gets released, we will tell you all about it. I'll dedicate an entire bloody episode of the of the podcast <laughs> to it. But I mean, come on! How long have we talked to Lady Poison about you know writing a book? You know, we had to get her gently, very gently. First, it was a you know, first it was a blog. And then it was a video, video in, in you know, conversation and that. And now she's managed to officially say she will consider writing a book. So this is this is an epic on a new scale. I'm really, really excited for the project, and I'm a little bit nervous, partly because Lady Poison probably going to listen to this, and I've got no shame <laughs> in admitting Lady Poison knows a hell of a lot more about herbal lore. And um, herbal magic than I do. So I'm definitely going to be out of my depth. Although she did say I'm a master herbalist. Because I got that diploma in it. So I'm one <laughs> step up on her from that. Because I don't think Lady Poison's got official herbal qualifications. Like what <laughs> I got. From the no. online academies. <laughs> but I'll try my best to keep up with Lady Poison. And um, I'm sure I can okay. contribute something to the magical. But okay. the science and that I'm going to have to defer to her with. Okay. So am I Am I editing this? 
Well, you'll have to have some input, obviously. But because um... because if Thoth is being mentioned in any way, shape, or form, I need to confirm that this this paperwork is is approved. Well, obviously, when the manuscript comes, then you'll be the first one to see it. That's and fine. we'll have to I'll... we'll have to have a little conversation about to try and get input because we're trying to write keep, it for people. I'll keep that my red pen ready. And also people that know a bit. So, you know, I'm not going to speak too much about it because I'm super excited. When she, when she, I don't know what my face was like when she said, because I can't see my own face. But I was like <laughs> proper, like I had that shivers down my back when she was like, oh yeah, I'll write that. Like we could write it together. I was like, what? Did you just fucking say that woman? <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting a no, I'd never write a book, I I couldn't write that, I couldn't put that out there. She's like, yeah, I'll write it, if maybe you write it with me. She didn't really say it <laughs> like that, but, you know, I'm trying to, oh, they, they know Lady Poison's voice anyway, don't they? So I, I They do know. I, that's not too much to give away, is it? Yeah. No. But, but no. I am, so I am thinking, coming. I think it does need to be signed Lady Poison. Oh, yeah, yeah. It has to be laid, you know, Lady Poison's Herbal or something like that. The definitive witchcraft herbal. Well, you need yeah. a tagline. We were talking, it needs a tagline. So I don't really know what the book title will be or that. I, I think we've got to maybe write the book first before we jump ahead. But <laughs> <laughs> I do like jumping ahead when it comes to branding <laughs> and that. But, um,. Yeah, I mean, it's something, it's going to be an exciting project and hopefully Lady Poison won't back out because if she does, I will be so fucking upset. <laughs> I might go into severe depression or something. So from the the benefit of my mental health, yes. I, I definitely need Lady Poison's help on this because I am a little bit out of my depth when it comes to this <laughs> stuff. So, you know... Um, but yeah, there we go. Is there anything exciting going on in your magical life at the moment? How's it going at the cult that you work at now? The cult is fine. The cult is fine. Because from what I can tell, weren't you supposed to that indoctrination course that they make new people go on? Didn't they have a shortage <laughs> of people to teach it? So they asked you to teach the indoctrination course and attend it at the same time? Something like that? Something like that. Something like that. It's not a shortage. I am a master craftsman, I'll have you know. Super witch. So, yep. Yeah. I get to be called master craftsman in my other job now. Not just the one I do for the Patreons. So, anyway. Okay, so... Back to the topic. Insanity. Yes. So, insanity... I've had some conversations with people when in regards to mentoring and how to decide when you're prepared to mentor someone because magic's dangerous. It is dangerous and witchcraft is dangerous. And they say, a lot of people will say, you know, you have to be 100% there and mentally stable to start on magic because it does have a habit of unbalancing you. So if you've got an yeah. unbalanced yeah. mind in general then it's probably going to make that a hell of a lot worse. However, there are some people, obviously, that would fall into a category where a psychiatrist would give them a specific name and put them in a group or something. And yeah. I've met a number of practitioners that say, have warned me, actually, about taking people like that on. And I'm wondering where the line to be drawn is when it comes to mentoring and teaching people that are a little bit more unstable or the sorts of people that get put on these psychiatric lists and stuff of like I don't know I'm not a psychiatrist but people with split personality uh, disorder or people with bipolar or you know all of the various other things that probably Paul would be perfect to talk to about so I'm wondering what your take is, whether there's some hard no's or whether, you know, how you judge it. Um, because there's, 
Sorry. It's a blend. It's a blend of are they ready for this and how quickly can you push them? Um, and it might be that you just end up spending a lot longer on the what we would call basics in terms of um, I suppose if there is a cert there are certain people I would probably still not teach until they got to the point that they needed to get to. Um, I find the danger with that though is often that they will do it with or without you. Um, yeah. If they've got to the point where they've decided they're going to go down this path um, and got to the point where they're actually going to an approach, uh, uh, going to actually approach a mentor, then at that point they've gone, they're, too, they're already halfway down the garden path and they just want to get going. So if you don't support them through that process, they'll either find somebody else who might not be as supportive, you know, Quinius Porcupinus someone, um, or they might actually, um, you know, try and go ahead on their own in that unstable situation and then, you know, end horrendously. Um, so, yeah, so I, I probably find that I would say yes more than I would say no, um, but that was even just, you know, more so to keep an eye on the situation. Um, because nine times out of ten, these people live <laughs> within range, which means if they're going to uh, accidentally set off a nuclear reaction kind of situation, you don't want to be in the blast zone. Um, so, you know, it's it's one of those kind of balancing the, how you approach it. Um, and you may have to slow that person down until they're actually... And I don't mean like, you know, working magic against them. I just mean, you know, making them repeat beginner exercises for longer um, or find new ways of making sure they've covered it in every way, shape or form to the point that it's motor function. You know, it's something they can do without actually having to focus. Um, or you just move them away from the, which I know is a limited pool, uh, but a, a limited uh, move them to the points types of magic that don't require a stable balanced thought process um, and go you know almost towards the baneful magic which you know a bit of insane won't necessarily hurt or uh, you know so it really it really depends case by case uh, as it does with mentoring but you know I probably would be more inclined to take an unstable client than one that is perfectly sane. Um, but that's just because... And that's why you're insane. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've, I've taken on clients that other people have said, no, you, you, you shouldn't be doing that and that. But some of these people I've taken on because I feel really obliged to do it because they've got such an amount of raw potential and power yeah. that I think is more dangerous not to give them training. And yeah. I don't really see any problem with teaching magic. I've not yet found a problem. I only see problems for people that try to teach magical systems because where the magical system is designed for the average person. And yeah. what we're talking about is we're talking about design bespoke things for specific people and we might not be talking about turning someone into a super witch because that isn't what everyone necessarily wants or needs but in terms of the beautiful art of magic you work with people that would get put on a list and psychologists would say those people shouldn't be allowed in a workshop those people shouldn't be allowed to use tools you know yeah. and I see it the same yeah. And but I think anyway, that's uh, I think that's what it comes down to is your skill as a mentor um and your you know your ability to shape that that clay um even if it might be a little bit toxic or it might be a little bit radioactive um I just think the challenge is there for you as a mentor uh, a mentor to actually you know shape that. Um but yeah I guess that's where we end. So all we should probably say is join the, you know, get your friends that actually you think need the support to uh, join the Patreon. 
um, like you did and justify, you know, justify why we're so brilliant um, for such a small amount of money. Yeah, we're excellent and everyone needs to join the Thoth Witchcraft Patreon. Go out there and sell it, people. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye.